This is First, Last, Best, Worst. The only podcast recorded on a Tascam 4-track cassette tape. We explore the craft of songwriting with our guests as they perform the first, last, best, and worst songs they've ever written. I'm your host, Carl Banks. I'm Taylor Rogers. And I'm Paul Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of First, Last, Best. Worst. And we are here. I'm so excited because my homie, Christina LaRocca, is going to be playing uh, some songs for us and talking uh, with me and Taylor. But first, I want to talk to my buddy Taylor here. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. You doing good? I quit my job uh, like last week. Fuck yeah. Congratulations. So I'm like semi-employed now um, and it feels great. I learned, what I learned is that uh, jobs are bad <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you shouldn't do them. Uh, and it's been really great. I've been like, I don't know, like the past three days, like I've woken up at like noon <laughs> as you uh, yawn. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, I've been sleeping like 12 hours a day. Um, and, uh, I've been watching like a lot of, uh, TV, uh, I've gotten really into this show about a Japanese man who really loves sweets. Oh my God. Yeah. You were showing us this yesterday. Yeah. It's a really great show. Um, and just like, I don't know, I've been sleeping a lot, but still being very tired during the day Do you we, think- and like eating a lot. And, uh, um, sounds like you found the key to happiness is no job. It, yeah. It's not having a job. Um, <laughs> And, you know, people give, like, unemployed slobs. A lot of guff. Yeah, they give them a lot of guff. A ton. And, you know what? I'm starting to, like, kind of see how they might be the actual heroes of society. It's a genius move, is what you're saying. It's a genius move. And, like, people need to, like, people need to, like, kind of get hip to not doing anything. Yeah. Well, I'm like not, jealous because you get to sleep 12 hours a day. I mean, I sleep well, you, a lot you, too. Yeah, you can, but I mean, you could, couldn't you? I'm I, well, I do uh, like kids' music in the most mornings, so I'm up early oh, most mornings. True. But it really affects my voice. Like, if I don't get enough sleep, I it can just feel it in my voice. And but if I, you know, unless I'm snoring, I think maybe if I'm snoring like a good hard snore, then yeah. I wake up little little hoarse. I should probably stop sleeping th- this much. It's probably not good. I did put it's up some like. It's making you more tired, so it's kind it's of. It's making like, me more tired. Uh, I did put up some glow in the dark stars in on the <laughs> ceiling because I sleep in a. It, it, I don't have a window in my room. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I put up some glow in the dark stars, hoping that that would kind of help reset my circadian rhythm. <laughs> um, and we'll see. We'll see if it works. Hold uh, on. Hold on. Hold on. This is not a podcast about. Uh, circadian rhythms. This is, is a not. songwriting podcast. We always do this. We always go down some weird avenue. But let's get to the songwriting aspect of it. And I want to introduce Christina LaRocca. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming in. How are you thanks doing for today? Having me. I'm doing well. It's doing well? Cold as fuck out there. Are <laughs> well, we allowed to curse on this? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, awesome. yeah. you can yeah. do anything. It's cold. <laughs> uh, you, you're coming from LA. Well, and around you were kind of touring all over, but uh, so this is quite a bit different. It's 20 degrees today in, in New York mm-hmm. and probably a balmy. Well, it's like on fire in California. Yeah, right so now. Southern California is on fire. New York's iced over. I don't really know where I belong. <laughs> and you're playing Hotel California at gigs. So yes. What yeah. a weird world this how is. Much, yes. How many hours do you sleep a night? That's my first <laughs> I need question. my eight. Use yeah. your eight? Have you I ever thought about eight. doing 12? <laughs> No, I wish I needed less. I wish I didn't need to sleep at all because yeah. I'd get so much more done. Yeah. I'd write so many more songs. That's how I used to feel, but now I wish I could just sleep more. <laughs> I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to clock eighteen tonight. <laughs> you could do it. I'm I'm pushing the limits, baby. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, what we do here is we have people play the first, last, and their best and their worst song. Uh, can you kick it off with uh, your your first? song that you wrote yeah so actually kind of even on the topic of what we were just talking about and uh-huh. sleep and whatnot uh the song is called miles of mud and uh that is not sleeping no, i wrote <laughs> no i wrote it it was like uh started at midnight and, like didn't finish till like the sun came up type oh, of thing so nice. yeah well let's hear it so this is miles of mud Cause I've been oh, walking down this rocky, rocky road For miles it's been nothing but mud 
husband hold me back Rain keeps falling, falling on me Everything is but a blur Sponge prints and blotches of color surround me Let me be sunlight every night be the dots of dots diesel times I pray for rain I think I might have gone the same Cause I've been a uh, walking down this rocky rocky road at the moors it's been nothing but mud Keep on crawling by The moon's become my alibi I was mixed up like a Rubik's Cube And the birds lullaby me to sleep Sunlight every night Feel the dark side on the stage Sometimes I pray for rain I think I might have gone insane I've been all walking down this rocky, rocky road For miles it's been nothing but mud Wind's been holding back Rain keeps falling, falling on me Cause I've been all walking through it Running through it, lying through it Hell yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. I haven't played that in a long time. It's been a while? Yeah. How, what, how long? Oh, man. I mean, since I've played that live during a set, at least like five or six years. Yeah. When, when, did, when did you write it? 2008. Okay, cool. So almost a decade now. Yeah. And that's one of the first songs you've ever written? Or is that the first one that you can kind of remember? Yeah. The first song that I was like, oh, wow. Like I just was like learning how to play guitar. Um, I was in college, I was working at Applebee's and like, I don't know, drinking a lot and smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> and yeah, it was just one of those like uh, nights where I got off real late. You know, if you have ever been like a waiter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or a and you're still like kind of keyed up. From... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just because you get off at four in the morning doesn't mean, you know, you go to bed as soon as you get home. You're still like up mm -hmm. and wired. And uh, yeah. And yeah. it came out in one night. One night. Wow, that's it, great. Those are the best. Like They really are. It sucks because you can't just wait around for those because they come so rarely. You know, you got to work on the other ones, but yep. uh, that that is a great feeling. So what drew you to uh, songwriting in the first place? Are, were you, did you start as a singer? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my family, they're all they're all singers. My mother's a singer, her brother, her sister. Where are you from? Born in Brooklyn. Grew up in Staten Island. Yeah. And... Uh, they were all born in Brooklyn. I'm Italian, and uh, yeah, my grandparents from Italy. Just give you, I'll give you my whole anthology. Yeah, you know, let's the whole, do it. The whole history. <laughs> nah, just kidding. But uh, yeah, Italian American, um, and uh, yeah, my father came here from Italy, and my mother's parents came here from Italy. So uh, and your mom, you said your mom's a singer. She's a singer. Like, also. did she do it gigs professionally, or is she just yeah, um, did it around the house? They were really into like the wedding band thing. Actually, oh, like yeah. wedding bands were like a huge thing in Brooklyn, and my uncle, you know, in the seventies and eighties, they were tearing it up. <laughs> they were like the cool kids in the neighborhood, just you know, music and. That's so funny that you said that because I was at this bar the other night in Queens, and this woman was like, this bartender was like, telling me I had to do weddings, and I was like, no, actually, those are like the worst gigs. I hate doing weddings, and she's just like, there's a thing like New Yorkers always give you unsolicited advice. 
advice and she's just like no here's what you do you go out and you do weddings because that's where the money is and i'm like lady i don't want to do weddings and then i played a wedding with her so like two nights later it's kind of funny do do i give unsolicited advice i think i do you just yeah. said it and i was like <laughs> maybe a little I think bit i do that to everybody like, I think I just did it to you. I mean, it's just it's something I noticed. Ago. Like, I'm from the Midwest where we're just, like, uber polite. It's like, there's a lot of, like, underlying aggression, but it's, like, you know, polite on the surface. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm telling everyone to sleep 12 hours a night. So, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm just as guilty of it as anyone. As all of us. But, like, I did, I, did uh, I mean, I have been working these weddings. I've been doing kind of catering work um, since I, like, quit my my main day job and uh it's been all like weddings and i think the saddest thing that i ever saw in my life was just this wedding band and they were just fucking killing like i mean they're because they're good like these are like rich people weddings there's a lot of talent in mm -hmm. new york so the wedding bands are just really top notch and i see this guy um the leader of the band, he just like rips like one, like I stopped what I was doing. It was like one of the most f fucking face meltingly awesome solos <laughs> that I've ever seen. It was so good. And then he got done with the song and then he was like, he was like, uh, just so you guys know, there is a, uh, s'mores station outside. Uh, if you guys want to go, uh, you know, and it's just, and I, it was just so heartbreaking. Soul crushing for, yeah. for you. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> and then he got the check at the end of the night and he's like, I love that s'more station. Yeah. I'm with that. <laughs> right. Uh, so you, uh, did you study music or in college? You mentioned that you were in college at that time. Yeah, I did. I, uh, graduated with a degree, um, in music and business because they didn't have a music business degree. Oh, okay. So, so you just merged the two together yeah, yourself? Yeah, and I kind of filled in everything since then. Well, that makes sense because that's how I met you. Uh, back in the day, you were like, book, you were, of course, a musician, but you were also booking tons of shows, like yep. tons of shows in New York yeah. uh, back in the day. And uh, I certainly and took, took advantage of that. Uh, what well, got you into that? It helped. Um, just playing shows and then you kind of saw how the how the thing worked so around the time you know like after writing that song i started a band called heavy weather and you could you could find that song it's on spotify uh christina larock on heavy weather um and i just I, like i just graduated and i loved booking my own band i was like oh wow and actually uh this is a funny story ingrid michelson booked one of our first manhattan shows ever like she oh, was really? working for a company called new york city gigs and she's from Staten Island, and we were all part of this, like, Martini Red, the the only, like, hipster scene in Staten Island. We all just, like, found each other and hung out all the There's time. There's, like, six was, of you. It was very incestuous. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. yeah, it was, like, 30 of us, you know, but... Um, yeah, and uh, she booked the gig, and we had a great gig at the Knitting Factory, the original one that used to be like on Leonard Street. Oh, and right. Was, like, I, that was before my time, but... Yeah, and you'd walk in, right, and you're like, I'm here, and they're like, go downstairs. And then you go downstairs, <laughs> and you're like, I'm here, and they're like, go downstairs. And then you're like, the basement, basement oh, that's... show. <laughs> but it was a great room, and, you know, we brought it all friends, and... Uh, How big was that band? We... The Heavy Weather? We would be anywhere from... <laughs> a five to an eight piece. Oh, we yeah. were like funky. Horns you know, sometime stuff? we had this horns on the recording. Um, you know, and when I could convince them to come out, you know, they would uh -huh. come out, but you know, when you got to pay everybody at the end right, of the night, exactly. whatever, but we were usually a five piece. Um, and that band was a lot of fun. We made a lot of great music. We made two, we made a full length album and then, uh, then an EP. But, uh, yeah, so she, she booked this gig and I want to play there again. I was like, yo, Ingrid, like book us again. And she's like, well, I don't work there anymore. And I was like, well, I just graduated with this degree in music and business. Mm -hmm. So I need a job. Like you want to, you know, do you mind hooking me up with your boss? And she was like, yeah. And that kind of spiraled off into booking all my friends. And it's so like, interesting oh. to me because the booking aspect of music is like my least favorite part of it. It's like a, it's a necessary evil in my mind, you know, cause nobody's going to do it for me, but I hate that part. <laughs> so like the fact that you like took to it, I don't know. I'm kind of uh, intrigued by that. I guess I just like I had a lot of friends that were musicians and it was really like, well, like, oh, cool. Like I get to book a show with my band and my friend's band. Oh, like, right. And then you, you, you know, you're doing people favors and they appreciate it and they invite you back. And then all of a sudden you're like the cool kid on the block. <laughs> you got all the gigs. But then that turns into a lot of other things. Right. Over time. And then like, you're trying to make money doing it. So you have to 
to a ton of shows. Right. And then it's like you book your friend's band, but you got the venue breathing down your back and your friend doesn't bring any people. And then it's like you don't want to yell at your friend you know right. so then there's i got a couple emails like know. that from you hey uh let's uh put a little pressure on your crowd carl <laughs> every time i'd be like fuck that and then i'm like all right well you're you're right you actually. know <laughs> um i would love a world where people really appreciated art and i it's 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 hard for venues to really just like you got to build the scene like rockwood has done an excellent job of like yeah building the scene and like people will just will go there and you know there's no cover and that's like a very unique thing but like you know rent is really especially right. in a city like new york city like you know i won't say the name of the place but you know i know of a venue in the lower east side 200 capacity rent is twenty thousand dollars a month Jesus. you know what i mean and like selling beers selling you know five dollar beer. eight dollar beers right. that's tough they're not selling music they're not even taking the door like right. they just got to pay for the sound guy and you know whatever so there's just a lot of pressure to just to just survive you know and that's that's that yeah <laughs> that is that but you're not you're not dealing with that anymore you're you're out in la no you're right so um i did it for a very long time and uh i've booked probably over two thousand bands um most of them in new york and uh yeah i the door opened to move to los angeles and i always dreamt about moving to the west coast you know like everybody comes to like you're from st louis you're like i'm going to new york and right. like I just found myself doing the same shit and just like same fucking bars and I was just you like grew up here and it's like I want to get out yeah it's just like I want I want my New York adventure somewhere else so um I, w- I packed my car and kind of drove across the country and that day I never really thought of it like oh like I'm gonna be living in LA like but like once you hit like Nebraska you're like oh fuck like, I'm not in <laughs> New far, York anymore yeah. <laughs> um yeah and then I moved out there and I actually did want to expand the company and but clubs out there work entirely different yeah. like it's even harder and like I already had all my connections out here and then I was like shit and then I sold my soul to uh, a talent agency a major <laughs> talent agency in Hollywood and I got my ass kicked <laughs> Literally, yeah, like, yeah. I got paid shit. I got treated like shit, and I was like, "Don't you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> I'm L Rock Entertainment, bitch." <laughs> I book all the shows I in New York. I know who I am. <laughs> no, but um, that's well, that's part of the whole New York experience. It's like you know, you're hot shit in St. Louis, and then you're like, "I'm moving to New York," and you come here, and you're like, "Oh, I'm fucking nobody," and it's like humbling, and it's great because you have to step your game up to you know, and you start to you yeah know, hone your craft. So, but uh, the downside of it was like, you know, 60 hour weeks and I stopped playing music for an entire year and I kind of, you know, tried convincing myself like I want to be an agent. I want to be 40 under 40 on billboard and blah, blah. And then uh, I got like, I don't know, I, I started taking voice lessons again. I started writing again and then I was recording and then I was like, I really want to do music. Like I sing like this is this is who I am and if I can't like do both like maybe I just shouldn't be here and I was miserable and like I gained 30 pounds and then lost 30 pounds and like almost lost my mind and then just like you my friend I said I'm fucking quitting my day job, Quit job. Yeah. and it was Start the best sleeping 12 <laughs> hours a day <laughs> And it probably was the it was the best thing I had done. Like when was yeah, that? No, when I'm, did you quit? Cheers to that. It was uh, July fourteenth. Oh wow! And when you do that, other doors open. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, right away. You know, my old guitar player was like, "Yo, we need more people to play covers." The Saddle Ranch. So I did that, and that threw me into a world of having to learn hundreds of songs and. Blah, blah, blah. And you just toured the whole... Oh, yeah. So literally the day I quit, I booked myself a three-week <laughs> tour of the West Coast. Um, yeah, all the way from LA to Seattle. And I even played a show in Laramie, Wyoming. Nice. Like, went out there. Went and out then you there. came out to the East Coast. And I came out to the East Coast. And last week, played DC and Philly. And uh, played the Bowie Electric last night and tonight at the Well. So you can really get a show almost at will on the coast, you know, with enough, like... Uh, you know, through your connections? Um, yes. Yes. And I think it's really just about knowing how to kind of present yourself. I yeah. think that's really kind of where bands like maybe just don't understand like how, how to get the gig really. It's Yeah. You've written about yeah. this. I've read some stuff you've written on your blog and stuff about did, uh, touring yeah. bands and stuff. Like yeah. it's, it's good to have, to be able to play covers because if you're on the road, that's how you make money. A bringer show is not going to, 
make you money because you don't know anybody in Nebraska. Right. You know what I and mean? And the shows in the city, like, unless you're, you know, bringing in like 30 people and you, you know, you know a lot of people there, like, you're either going to play, you're probably going to play to not very many people and not get paid. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you can like nail a couple of sets, especially if you're a songwriter, like for us as like acoustic songwriters, the world of where we can play, we can play anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like we could play a 500 capacity venue and we can play a, a 20 capacity venue. Right. If you're a rock band, like you're, that pool is Pretty a lot pigeonhole. smaller, yeah. you know? And if you're able to play covers, you know, okay, like m maybe tonight. Oh, that's so New York. Yeah, that's <laughs> 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 Oh, there we go. Um, well, did you, do yeah. you find that when you quit uh, that you were, did you start writing anymore? I mean, you were touring and playing a lot of more shows, but did you, did you write anything? Yeah, yeah, I started writing a lot of songs. Yeah, do you okay. have a, a last song or latest song I, that you would like to play for us? I do, and uh, it's called Home, all this time. I'll talk, talk oh. about New York and that was a good segue. Oh, hey, thank you. Taylor's the king of the segue. I'm just like, uh, I'm learning from oh. the master over here. Oh, you. <laughs> awesome. So let's hear, let's hear home. All right, here we go. It's been three years since I left my home.
one appropriate song on this homecoming uh, little stint you're having here. I know. Did you send that to your mom when you when you wrote it? <laughs> <laughs> they hear it at the gigs. <laughs> Are they supportive? Do you, does your mom come to your gigs? They uh, they came out last night. My mom got a little trashed. She <laughs> oh, pisses yeah. me off when she does that. Oh really? Yeah, a little bit. She gets she gets snarky. <laughs> she's the she's the Sicilian. I hope you're hearing this, mom. <laughs> we'll send her. We'll send her uh, an, the episode. Uh, I've had that. Yeah, I've, I mean, I don't <laughs> want to talk shit about my mom, but uh, yeah, she's she's, <laughs> no, she's, uh, she's, she's, she's gotten mom. super she's drunk. Let's all talk too. about what we don't like about our moms. <laughs> There's a lot I do like about my mom. But one time I was recording. I mean, I've talked about it on here before. But she got super drunk at. I was filming a concert and she got super drunk and. Oh yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah, she was clapping off beat. <laughs> off beat. <laughs> yeah. Right, uh. right in front. We had like eight cameras and she's in the oh. front row crying and clapping and drunk. Oh, it was. Oh. That was really sweet. <laughs> it was. Oh. It. Over time, I've realized how funny and sweet it is. In the moment, though, you're like, "What the fuck? <laughs> you're ruining my event, or whatever." Oh but, god! Uh, but this isn't about my mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, this is a new song. Uh, something like this is this a, a like a one uh, inspirational song that you write in one sitting, or is it something you work on over time? That one, uh, that one took a couple of. A couple of I want to say tries like started at something else and then yeah worked its way into the song. Do Probably you over uh, a year. do you have a specific type of process that you go through? Do you have like um, you write on in a notebook or do you chart things out and stuff or do you just kind of keep it in your head? Um, a lot of times it's the like the words that come to me first, mm-hmm. um, you know, or like the words and the melody depending on where I'm at, like uh, I get a lot of inspiration sometimes when I'm driving in my car and then I'm like, I pull out the, the cell phone. I start Oh my like, God, that's so LA. I, no, well, no, you know, the, the voice memo on the phone, just yeah, like yeah. quick, you know, whatever, like 15 seconds, 20 seconds, uh-huh. just like a line. And sometimes like I'll go back to a lot of that stuff and see like, oh, what can I make of this? Or like, can I add that to what I'm writing here? Uh-huh. Does that make sense? But um, Do you schedule time, time for that or do you just kind of do it whenever you're feeling it? It's whenever I'm feeling it, but but recently um, I've been really trying to just, hey, Christina, every day, pick up that guitar and sit with it for at least an hour and either write something or practice something. Right. Um, but uh, I also definitely love to write things down. I'm a, I'm a writer, not a, I don't like to use a laptop to like write. Yeah. Lyrics. I like I to see my crossing out. Like I like to see the, the eight page progression of what I crossed out right. and what it turns into. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy that you know? too. I always think it's funny. I, sometimes there's a little too much pressure on a blank page. I'm like, I want to write down the finished product and I'm like, then I have to remember like, no, it's cool. You can cross shit out and you can, you know, it actually, it's cool to go back and look at that, the process, you know, when you can see it on paper. Yeah. And I, I, it is important to like, just block out time just to sit even without any sort of like specific goal. I mean, you know, like you kind of have to like, you know, for every productive idea, you know, you have to go through like X amount of like unproductive ones. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no real way around it, you know? So mm-hmm. like you kind of just have to like, even if you don't really feel like it or if you don't have anything, anything specific to work on, just logging that time mm-hmm. right, is getting you there some way, somehow. You I was know? listening to an interview with the guy that wrote The Gambler and he was saying, he wrote that in just, you know, in one sitting or whatever. And he was saying that like those songs that come from inspiration that you write in one night, he's like, those are going to come the job of a songwriter is to do the other one. You know what I mean? To do exactly what you're saying, Taylor, to sit down and work it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, like start, you know, swing your pickaxe through the granite, right? you know, like every day until like, and then when you like find a gold nugget, it's like, oh, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, wow, you just found that gold nugget. It's like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, I mean, I did, but like. Right. Or there's like two pieces that are two disparate things that then they come together and you're like, holy shit, that's the bridge for this song. And it makes this whole piece. And then you're like, it's Mm -hmm. great. And you can only do that if you're working, you know, like we said, uh, like on a. Yeah, it's an everyday thing. So uh, not a lot of songs written about Staten Island. I don't, I don't know that many of them. Would you, do you consider Staten Island home? Would, is, this, is this song about Staten Island? I, would you say? You know what? Um, do you see it in your mind's eye? It's really like New York City. Because yeah. there's, you know, I, 
born in Brooklyn and like the real memories of like my early childhood part of, are there. Which part of Brooklyn? Bensonhurst. I've, oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So um, Bensonhurst and and living there and then like Staten Island. Yeah, like my more my teenage years mm-hmm. and, uh, and my college years actually. But I went to Wagner College and I stayed on campus and people were from all over the place. Okay. So it didn't have that typical like Staten Island, what people think of, right. you know, Jersey Shore, Staten Like I did not have like that college experience like i felt i could have been like in massachusetts or upstate new york like the way it felt it was really it was a beautiful college oh yeah uh, we're back um we did have to change the tape over uh in case you guys didn't know uh first last best worst is uh it does go straight to a cassette tape so we are the only analog podcast in existence (laughs) on planet earth on Probably Twitter. we haven't researched it because we don't want to know if that's if we're wrong about <laughs> but that. But we're or still not. claiming we're it. We're claiming it. <laughs> uh, to our knowledge, we are the only analog one. Uh, but anyways, getting back to you got a um, uh, you got a scholarship to a for the choir at yeah, Wagner. Yeah, so I was uh, I was a choir nerd. Yeah, it was a lot of fun actually. Um, one of the bands I'm playing with tonight, Stevie and the Lion, uh, Kate Brana, who's in that group, she she was in the choir and she was like a, a year older than me and uh, she was a big inspiration for me to even pick up a guitar. Did so, you did you sing choir in, in high school too? Is that how you got the scholarship? I, I kind of did Glee Club. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I, I yeah, I did like theater and stuff and was like seriously working on my, my chops uh-huh. later in high school and uh, yeah, it led to that and I just kind of like nailed my Did you always want to be a songwriter? Did you think of yourself as one at the in like at that early, in those early years? It didn't really, definitely not as necessarily a songwriter in high school. I wasn't really in that environment. Like I knew I loved theater, and mm-hmm. I think my head was more in that lane. Like I wanted to do Broadway. Yeah. Whatever you know. So hey, there's nothing wrong with that. It, no, it's great. I actually saw Cats last week, and I was just like, oh really? God, had you seen? So have you ever fit. seen it? I had like, never seen it. Yeah, I've no. never seen it. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, weird story. One of my uh, one of my best friends, uh, Kristen. She, uh, she before I got it came out. She's like, hey, she's like, want to go see Cats for your birthday? She's like, what do you want to do? You want to go to a bar? This and that. I was like, I really don't want to just go to a bar and drink. Right. You know, done she's that like, before. Yeah, I've done that. It's old. And uh, you know, she's like, want to go see Cats? And I was like, oh, you know, I've never mm-hmm. seen that. Like that's sure. And then I get then I get a call um, the night before. Um, the my birthday and the show watching the show that my cat back in LA had like an abscess or something wrong with him and uh had to get surgery the a mini that, surgery so whoa. my cat was getting a mini surgery while, <laughs> while I was watching, watching <laughs> cats whoa <laughs> and it was just like really kind of weird and that's the universe yeah I was just trying to channel that <laughs> like good cat energy memories yeah. isn't that song uh, from there <laughs> yes yeah and she bu- she busted out that song when she sang it at the show is uh, i forget the girl's name but yeah she was it was good the, the show was good it was good it's a very um like when you think of like broadway broadway uh-huh. like, like overact not overacting yes i mean they're they're cats they're people that are cats so it's yeah. like could you really say they're overacting and you're kind of like what the fuck are they singing about oh yeah it yeah. took like a while for me to understand like the storyline the storyline i love musicals i but whenever the songs advance the storyline in musicals i don't particularly like that i i like whenever it just fits the mood of it mm. anyway that's my personal. I opinion. hate when they just like mod keep modulating up. Oh my like god! Five <laughs> fucking seriously steps. Um, so you're in choir in college. Mm-hmm. You got you had a scholarship for that. Yeah, I had a scholarship in the choir. Um, sang the choir. Kate, who's in Stevie and the Lion, who's playing with us tonight. Uh, she yeah was big inspiration and. Uh, yeah, it was nerdy, but uh, but I loved it, and that's really what kind of brought me to singing. And then being in college and hanging out with people who were like all of a sudden, like people were into bands like Fish, like like growing up in New York, mm-hmm. like it wasn't cool. It actually was not. You were either a rocker mm-hmm. or you were into like hip hop, and like KTU had just come out, like one hundred three point five, and they were playing like freestyle, and this is like when dance music really started to you know in the early stages of EDM. Um, were the thing and like that that's what I listened to a lot of hip hop and R&B uh-huh. 
and I really didn't get into folk or rock Jam bands. until college. And yeah. now all of a sudden I was meeting all these kids from all over the place who oh, were right. like, you don't listen, you don't know Led Zeppelin? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, no, I really don't know this song. But the funny, like, like my father is a 60s child and my mother was like a disco bunny. So they're like 10 years apart and my mother just wasn't into his music. It was never, she was the singer. So whatever she was listening to was always on in the house, uh -huh. you know, but my dad's like biggest fan of like Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan. And like, yeah. I was familiar, but I wasn't like into it. Yeah, yeah. Then I got into college and then I picked up a guitar for the first time and then, then I was like, okay. And yeah, those discovered. Dylan and all those guys, they'll, they'll come to you like when you're ready when you're ready for them and then they like take a hold. Yeah. What, uh, how was the guitar? How did that come in? Did you take lessons or did you just kind of, were you kind of like a dorm room player? Yeah. So, um, I did take lessons on, on campus. I, I did have, um, years of classical p playing piano. Okay. So I was, you know, familiar. You had a baseline with, of music theory. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I could read music and play music, um, on the keys, but, uh, yeah, I never picked up a guitar and I, kind of wish I I did stick with the keyboard a little bit more but in my mind I was like oh the guitar look how easy it is you put it on your back you can right. play it anywhere this is like rock and roll so like I'll do that and I just mm -hmm. kind of had like horrible memories of like you know uh, being forced to practice yes and like you know classical annoying stuff that yeah. like not that it's not beautiful but it gets old. Yeah. You know, if she sat down and was like, let's play some blues uh -huh. piano, I'd be like, cool. Right. Or stride or some, yeah. some cool thing like that. But yeah. 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 I, I, I've never like taken a piano lesson. Yeah. So like I only, lo I only know it from just playing guitar and stuff and know, mapping it out myself. So mm -hmm. I have, I enjoy it because I've never had that sort of experience. Yeah. It is like kind of a weird thing. Like with, with music lessons sometimes where the mentality is like, oh, you're like a 10 year old. Let's start you off with stuff that you're not gonna like. <laughs> like this is like That's we'll get so to the true. stuff that you like in like three years. Right. Let's <laughs> let's right? start with stuff that is completely irrelevant. <laughs> right. And difficult. Yeah. You know, uh composed by like you know people who died three hundred years ago. <laughs> right. And historically yeah. some of the best musicians ever. That's what you gotta start with. Um but yeah, uh speaking of the best musicians ever. Uh, let's uh, let's get into your best song. Let's hear See what I'm best. saying about Taylor's transition. I know. I was, no, that was actually horrible. I just <laughs> picked up on the fact that you said best in that sentence, and it's about time for the best song. All right, that um, wasn't your best one. No, it wasn't the best one. But this is going to be her best song. So, Aww. hey, hey, there we go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, this is a song called "I Am Only Human." There were times I failed. I have won Times I have struggled Maybe even hurt someone Cause I am only human I am only human I am only Human. I 
Excellent. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. So what do you think? Why, uh, why, why is this uh, your best song? What, why do you pick this one? <sighs> I don't know. I Because you had to? Because <laughs> you have to pick one as your best? It's definitely my favorite, you know. To perform? Um, to perform right now. I opened my show with it. Um, and yeah, I recently, uh, I guess earlier this year, after after our show, I played a show at Genghis Cohen. It's another small spot in LA, like a couple of months later. I ended up playing up uh, playing after Annie Lennox's daughter, like just coincidentally. Her name is Lola Lennox, and you know she's great. And she packed the room, and this is Annie Lennox, you know. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, let me get on the stage and pl- start playing right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, everybody starts clearing out the room, and I, I get up there and I plug in, and I just open with that song. Like, I wasn't planning on it, mm-hmm. and I like when I knew it. she was there. I was like, I'm gonna open with this one. It's a powerful song. And uh, she stopped and she sat down right in front of me and she sat through the whole set. <laughs> like everybody had cleared out of the room at uh-huh. this point, like except for like, you know, Jake and my voice teacher and her boyfriend and the sound guy and Annie Lennox like sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then we were like hanging out afterwards. And like, I just knew it was that first song that like kept her in the room. Uh-huh. And so like right now I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely the most soul shaking. Open your shows with it. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, if it's good enough for uh, Annie Lennox's daughter, <laughs> it's good enough for anyone. For real. Uh, yeah. uh, can we talk a little bit about the process of writing this one? Where does this one come from? So, um, I know everybody's not the biggest Hillary fan, you know, but it was the night of the her acceptance speech, and I was just I was moved by it, you know. Um, the DNC. Yes, yeah. The night she she won. I'm not saying I'm not a Bernie fan. I'm not saying Bernie shouldn't have won. But she but she started talking about her mother actually mm-hmm. and about her, how her mother was an orphan. Right. And it was just that. it was a really touching story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here's this person with like so much power, and just like still like how vulnerable like we all really are at the end of the day. I don't know, you know, it's just, we're all human and everybody's just so like these days, like black or white or you're this or you're that or whatever, you know, we're, we're really all brothers and sisters and people just need to take care of each other a little bit more. Right. And you wrote it that night or you got the concept that night? Yeah. I started writing it that night, like right after that. Um, and I just like the word human, like we're human. And uh, I did I did co-write this with my producer. So I, I brought like the bulk of the song, uh, but I was like having trouble kind of like translating, like especially like that bridge, you mm-hmm. know, and like really making it make sense. And he like sat with me and helped me uh, arrange it. His name is Rob Torres. He's an incredible uh, guitar player and producer in Los Angeles. And uh, he really helped me bring the, the song to life. So that's right. Yeah, it was great. Can we talk a little bit about your uh, just influences in general? Yeah, there's uh there's it's a wide range actually, you know, um like I was saying before, like grew up listening to hip hop and then you know, college turned into rock, but um you know, some of my biggest influences are songwriters like Fiona Apple and mm-hmm. Alanis Morissette and I love, you know, No Doubt. It's like my 90s phase, you know, Incubus, Incubus you know, they they were incredible. Yeah. Um but if we're talking like classic, you know, you got like Joni Mitchell, yeah, Bob Dylan, um, Patti Smith, um, and then I love like Amy Winehouse. I do love Adele, and I love Lil Kim. And yeah. most, even more recently, I love Cardi B. Like <laughs> I, I do, and um, I don't know. I just I love uh, you know like strong female songwriters and, and guys too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Because when I'm hearing that song, I'm like a little bit of hearing like Christina Aguilera and that sort of like. Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah, she was a huge. Yeah, she was actually a huge influence. I mean, just what happened voice. to her? Um, she really dropped off. Yeah, I think I she has. Got, she had kids. Maybe, maybe that was it. Kind of went yeah. through a divorce. I think. But she. But she's still definitely coming out with music. I think there's just so many artists these days that it's just kind of hard. Like I think she's still putting out songs and they're on the radio, but just kind of not even. <laughs> but nobody listens to the radio. <laughs> really picking up on it. Yeah. 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 Well, that that's great, and it's like uh, certainly an, an emotional tune because you can feel you can feel it. You know, you can feel you belting mm-hmm. it. 
and it's it's fun to listen to. Can we talk a little bit about your acts that you're playing? Yeah. Oh, the guitar, yes. You gotta, that's interesting. A rain song. Yes, this is a uh, this is a rain song, and uh, yeah, first time I ever played one was in uh, Mandolin Brothers in Staten Island. They had a little rain song room, and uh, they're beautiful guitars. And I was learning how to play, and I would they're they're expensive. It's an expensive guitar, and I would go in there, and I would just be like. You know, I had my $100 Yamaha from Costco that mm-hmm. I was like learning on. I was like, I need to up my game. Um, so, so I'm going $1,200. No. <laughs> no, I was like, in the, it was like at the time, like $2,300 oh, was a wow. pretty expensive guitar. But because um, it's carbon fiber, it's, yeah, not, it's wood. not wood. It's carbon fiber, yeah. It's, uh, I call it Christina proof, you know. But uh, <laughs> somehow I did manage to break the first one I owned. But oh, that, really? Like, How? How'd you do that? So, um, I had a good, shitty guitar case. So for all you guitar players out there with shitty guitar cases, just just get rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> get the real deal. I got this one here. What is it now? I forget. It's like a blue something. But uh, I could throw my guitar down a flight of stairs now, and it would it would survive. But um, yeah. So uh, ex boyfriend was helping me. You know, grab my guitar out of the car, and he picked up the faulty strap, which then the guitar just kind of hit the concrete. Right here, uh-huh. and the front of the guitar, like this whole split. Oh, really? Like yeah. the face of it started to come off? Yeah, like 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 right on the line, on the like seam, it cracked yeah. and it lifted. Oh. You know, like it was almost like a whammy. Uh, yeah, yeah, you couldn't, yeah. Became, you couldn't like uh, you couldn't glue that back. We actually did epoxy it. Like my father's in construction, yeah. and we we epoxied it back, but it adds like a serious amount of weight. Oh, right, because it's very light guitar on it. Like strangely, but luckily enough, that one I had bought off of eBay. Okay, for. An extremely like like for five hundred dollars. Oh, so man. yeah, so they're relatively new guitar. I mean, they 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 haven't been around that long, right? Am I remembering? I, I mean, not like as long as like Gibson, but right. but they've been around. They're a small company. I think there's like ten people who work there. Yeah, up in Washington somewhere. When I first heard the name Rain Song, I thought that maybe the neck of the guitar would be a rain stick, but that is not the case. As <laughs> no. it turns out, well, it they call it a rain song, I guess, because like in different kind of weather like it just doesn't you know wood if swells you take it from that yeah it's swells oh, and it's always okay. like you, yeah, yeah, this yeah. doesn't do that yeah so space and, age i was yeah <laughs> yeah and it's there's sharks the there's sharks on the uh, on the fretboard mm-hmm. there's a cute little sharks mother of pearl <laughs> i know i love this guitar did you uh, did you get those custom made sharks no nah i ain't rich like that those are but... stock sharks <laughs> stock, <laughs> stock sharks y'all yeah. That's because you're a shark when you're on the stage. I'm a little sharky. <laughs> well, I uh, I remember. So you played at Bowery Electric last night. Yeah. Okay. So I remember you booked me there. This is this is years ago, and it was like before they had the map room upstairs, mm-hmm. and I played there. And I and I remember walking around telling everybody I was playing at. Uh, the Bowery Ballroom because I forget the name. Everyone's like for real, and I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, Bowery Electric. Oh, that's a really different type of venue. But anyway, then they opened up the upstairs and they have the map room, which is a kind of a weird shaped room, but it's mm. cool because you can play for the bar. Mm. And uh, I remember one night I was playing. It was actually my birthday, and fucking Andy Dick came in because he must have been staying at like whatever the I hotel, the Bowery story. Hotel next door. Yeah. <laughs> and he was fucking lit. Yes. I mean, he was like what you would think Andy Dick would be, you know? And uh, my friend Rocky was there and Rocky's like this rapper from St. Louis and he's like super alpha male dude. And Andy Dick comes in and he like wanted to meet him. So he went over and he like shook his hand and Andy Dick just grabs him and pulls him onto his lap. Oh God. And then he like, he kind of got pissed and he like shoved him away. And then he's like, go buy, Andy Dick says to Rocky, go buy me a drink. And he's like, all right. And he walks away. And I just remember him coming up and being like, Andy Dick, he's actually a huge dick. <laughs> and then we look over and he knocks over. He like, there's somebody at a big stand up double bass and he like knocks over somebody's double bass. It oh, was God. just like, it was classic. It was fun. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> he sounds like the worst. Yeah. And you know what else is the worst? <laughs> what the next that, song that you're going to play? <laughs> yes. This song. It's a, it's the one who gets cut, you know. If I got a longer set or two sets, like I'll play it. But uh, it's called Lies. So this is this is the one. This is the weakest link in your yeah. The one that like if you don't have to play, you're not. Yeah, I've had mixed reviews on it. Like some people say they don't like it. Some people like it. But um, like I'm alright with the hook. But I'm not really crazy about um, like the verses. I feel like they could be a lot stronger. I've always thought about going back to the song and like rewriting it. But yeah. uh, I guess I'll play it and then <laughs> yeah, we'll let, we'll let the people me. decide. What's the name of this one? Lies. 
your lies, lies, lies won't keep the truth from talking. Lies, 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 Pamelonti pistols blue. Lies, 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 made up stories and talk tales, but your lies, lies, lies will never become true. Exaggerate to make your dull, dull point You cross the line too many times No longer a line, just merely chicken scratch It's where your head is at in your words, words What's all so faulty and delirious? You swear you care, but I Talking lies, 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 Pamelonti pistols blue. Lies, 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 made of stories and talk tales. Which lies, lies, lies will never become true. Even find the time to go to your father's only sister's funeral. So you named your guitar after her baby, deemed it okay. But guess what? Everybody's gonna remember that you weren't there that day, and you can cry, cry, cry all alone in your room. I guess it's what happens when the truth hits you. Talking lies, 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 Pamelonti pistols blue. Lies, 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 made of stories and talk tales. But your lies, lies, lies will never become true. Never become true. Never become true. That was excellent. That was great. Thank was you. that uh, written for an ex? <laughs> you know, it was like written about like a combination of things, which is like kind of weird. Yeah, an ex, the one who broke the guitar <laughs> a long time ago. He's a douchebag. Um, but I was actually working at a talent agency in New, York, in New York, a small one, like before I moved to LA called the... Actually, I won't name the name so okay. I can tell the rest of the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the guys in the office uh, got, got arrested. Oh, really? And went to jail for a very long time for fraud. Fraud? Like embezzling money or something? He was collecting money from promoters saying, like, I could book Rihanna. And he would collect deposits and millions of dollars and then, like, never came through. (laughs) Yeah, he went to jail for a long time. So one day it was just like, Wow. Where's Vinny? (laughs) Where's Vinny? He said he's going to Florida on vacation, you know, and then it's like, Damn. Where's Vinny? That's crazy. And there he was. He was... (laughs) He got arrested. He got arrested? Went to jail. So <laughs> wow. I was like, you know, surrounded by a bunch of fucking sharks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like like the uh, like shark, the fretboard. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I we don't uh we haven't gotten too many uh dirty uh showbiz stories like that. So I'm, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it was I mean not for Vinny, but you we, know we had an intern working for us at the time and like uh-huh. we had a meeting with the boss. The intern like got up and was like, I can't be here. 
and like wa- like walked out that day. Oh, really? Yeah, he was just like, uh, like obviously this isn't going to be good for my career. Wow. And left. So yeah. when when is that? And that's when you wrote this song. What? what yeah, it was around the same time. So I was. Just, um, <sighs> I mean, were you playing with heavy weather at the time, or was this? You no, this is post heavy weather. Pre-LA, so this was like 2013, 2012, 2013-ish. Did this make it onto a record or not? It made it onto a live, a live or in-studio record. Yeah. Well, I I liked it. I, that was actually my favorite song of the four. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, some people like it. Yeah. So. And and what like is you what is know. your reason for the for making uh, considering your worst? I just like I don't know like the lines like chicken scratch and then like you can but you didn't care. And then well, when like, you say anything like that, it doesn't I don't know. sound good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like whiny, and I'm yeah. just like, what am I talking about? Fucking chicken scratch. Like, just sounds <laughs> lame. Like, just lame verse lyrics. Yeah, I just want to tighten that up. Like if I could, if I could kind of, and I've always wanted to kind of restructure the song to be more. Yeah, about, well, the hook is great about the shady music shit, right? Know? And you can always rewrite it. I know, right? I haven't recorded yeah. it yet, so yeah, still a work in progress. I yes. Guess. Well, perfect. That's what we want in this podcast is to, uh, you know, start new creative endeavors and change change songs, right? Endeavors. Endeavors. There's an OU in there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Endeavor. Endeavor. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to not sound like I'm from the Midwest. Um, But yeah, this is not a podcast about (laughs) the way that Carl pronounces the word endeavor. Um, This is a podcast about uh, songwriting. And uh, it's been great having you on on this podcast, Christina. Yeah. Oh yeah! Thanks for having me, guys. That's a good yeah. one. Uh, is there any anything that you want to promote? Anything that uh, where can people find your music? Yeah, it's uh, you know my website, Christina Laraca. That's C H R I S T I N A Laraca L A R O C C A Music dot com. If you go there or just Google it, you can find the Facebook and all that. But uh, right now, I'm working on the Spotify. So you want to hear the newest EP, which uh, has the 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 best song, mm-hmm. "I Am Only Human." And if you guys would like me to play one more, I'll have this this next one on it. Yeah, so, oh, yeah absolutely. It's the uh, Child of the Sun EP. So, yeah, I know it was weird. I was like, is it's that my an- single, but uh, it's not. I, I, you know, have just a f- favorite place in my heart for the I Am Only Human song, but it's uh-huh. not my first or my worst. Or, <laughs> yeah. Like, where am I going to fit this song? <laughs> but I want to play it. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I just remember whenever I first met you that, like, uh, it was really eye-opening to come to New York and then see, like, you had your shit together. And uh, I just got to, like, give you mad props for that. So, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> like, go Google you because you got, you know, you get, basically what I'm saying is, like, there is a shit ton <laughs> of things as a musician you got to babysit uh, now. Yeah. And it's Carl, just we, get, more we, we, more. we are on the tape and we have to keep, <laughs> we, we got we to gotta go. But by you saying that, you've increased the time. <laughs> now we're definitely. <laughs> my point is that as a musician you're constantly having to babysit all these like websites and everything it's and annoying it is and it's constantly changing oh. and always in flux so uh uh yeah, yeah well done uh so check check out your music on internet well it's not really fair whenever your co-host wants to fucking rat you out or like sell you out in your middle of, in your point and then you can't fucking remember what the hell you were even saying in the first place uh anyway all right uh we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> oh, an example say? of streamlining. What Taylor got, Taylor's <laughs> got it down. Okay, all right. Uh, we got uh, Christine's gonna play us out now. This yeah. has been another episode of First, Last, Best, <laughs> Worst. Play my guitar in a Nancy apartment, three thousand miles from home. On this California coast is where I let my spirit roam. Light up smoke, sweet flask of jack Write these words in a paper bag If I can't get all down before daylight Get some sleep tonight And when the sound sounds Sound my heart beats like a drum Cause I found, found Found I am a child of sun 
my sweater, take a walk outside down to the ocean where my mother's voice speaks calmly to me. Ask the truth. <laughs>